What's good, Cargo family? We're back with another episode of Funny Business, a creative cargo show. Today, we're here with CD.MP3, a producer based in LA who's absolutely killing it right now. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one because he just dropped so much game. For any creatives, producer or not, musician or not, this honestly should be really valuable no matter what. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, check us out at creativecrgo. We have a ton of stuff there. If you want to join in on the community, definitely check us out as well. If you want to join our exclusive group chat, shoot us a DM. We have a ton of creatives in there who are just talking about their experience, sharing their art and sharing even the struggles, you know, because every creative goes through that. But yeah, let's get straight into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Funny Business, a creative cargo show. My name is Radeen and I'm here with CD.MP3, uh, one of the craziest producers in the game right now. Skin, CD, um, producer, sample maker, songwriter, uh, based in LA, born and raised in Massachusetts. Excited to be on the show. Like, What have you been doing recently? What's been on your radar and uh, uh, what are you working on right now? Yeah, uh, just moved out to LA. <laughs> Got a new house with the boys. Just trying to run it up. Uh, I've been working a lot on a bunch of different stuff. Some rap stuff, some different stuff that I feel like I haven't uh, worked on before. So it's exciting. A couple albums. Yeah. Can't say too much. Just <laughs> working on it. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. No, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, no. Uh, I think honestly, you're one of the people to watch. Uh, the whole Split Mind crew. If you don't know, Split Mind is a producer group um, that is kind of on the rise right now. We have people like Simbo uh steven schaefer just to name a few and of course you as well uh so it's honestly super interesting what you guys are doing um and i wanted to ask you know how did you start making music i was in band when i was young uh, i think i started in fifth grade i played the baritone horn it's like a like a small tuba um got kicked out of the band because i was ass freshman year of high school i was like you know what i don't like classical music anyways i'm gonna try to make my own shit and then I think I was kind of playing around like apps like I was using GarageBand and then my cousin actually put me on to FL Studio and I was like damn this is cool didn't really realize it was like a big thing just messed around on it for a couple of years watch Busy Works Beats and then of course that yeah that's how I got started damn and then how did it progress after that when like when did you when did you really take it seriously so I was a senior in high school um, I was going to do computer science and then COVID hit, started just having more free time, spent more time on FL. And my homie Jackie, who I grew up with, he had told me at the time, he's like, yo, this music stuff's starting to take off. He had just gotten a song with Youngboy. I was like, yo, what? Like, how do you even, how do you even get to these artists, right? And he was telling me, he's like, bro, just make samples. It's a cheat code. And before that, I was just kind of drumming stuff, just doing whatever. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to focus on this, see where that can take me. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, this could be something for real and not just a hobby that I gatekeep. I kind of wanted to actually segue into the sample game. From my observation, you know, uh, I feel like sample making really changed the game for a lot of producers. You know, before people were really like, oh, if you make, if you use loops, you're not a real producer or whatever. But then suddenly, I don't know when it was, but eventually there was this huge shift where everyone realized that sample making was a cheat code because that's how you could get into the into the inboxes of big producers because that's what they wanted. What do you think sample making did to the producer game and how did it change the whole landscape of it? I think the biggest thing is people realized, like people will be against loops, but then you think about it and they're just chopping up old records. Like that's how this whole shit started. So to be sure. like, oh, we can't use things that we didn't make 100% from scratch. It's like, bro, that's literally the foundation of producing. And I think that mixed with just realizing it's hard to clear certain samples. Some samples just can't be cleared. 
and it ruins a record with a lot of potential. And this is kind of a good combination of using stuff and taking inspiration from other people and their work and without the hassle of not getting things cleared or getting taxed super crazy and shit like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I could definitely see that. I've, I've noticed that because people also really try to emulate with their samples, just like old records. So it's like they're almost mm-hmm. trying to make like a like a um, clearance free sample. that You just don't have to worry. about. of course, like the, the producer is going to get a split, but like it's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, and it's then, not as hard to get it sorted. Oh, yeah, for sure. What do you think? How has collaboration uh, elevated your career so far? Has it or has it not? Collaboration in music, especially, is everything. Like, even from the standpoint of, like, producers working with artists, that's a collaboration. If it's just one or the other, nothing really happens. Uh, for me personally, like, I've been a part of a bunch of groups. I think it was, like, 2019, 2020. First group I joined was, like, Foreign Gotham. That was super inspiring with a few other people. And just the constant, like, yo, I need stuff for this. I need stuff for this. It's great for networking and... But even beyond that, it's like just hearing other people's perspectives who are doing the same thing. You guys get to bounce off and be like, what works? What doesn't work? What should I be doing? Give me feedback on my music. And it's just an easy way to quickly grow your skill set, your network, just your success rate in general. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Speaking of network, actually, uh, what has been one networking tactic that you've used in your career uh, so far that's like really helped you that you maybe you don't see other people using it or even if you do see people using it like what's been the most impactful method for you i think what people do a lot is they'll dm somebody like a copy and paste thing be like yo my bro i got this pack that is played out like loki i was getting away with that in like 2020 because there it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't as many people doing that at yeah. this point in time my biggest thing is literally just be yourself like just don't be able to be like yo like i just made this pack like i spent a or, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> say, I want to craft you guys a perfect DM. Say, yo, man, I've been working on my sound for a minute. I think it's super unique. I take inspiration from this and I take inspiration from this. And if you have credits, you can say, I've worked with like these people, but I really think that you would like my sound. Make it like some genuine thing. And to go even deeper than that, it's like actually make something that's unique to the point where you can even pitch it like that and know your audience. So if you're DMing certain people, don't DM people who are like pop producers and be like, yo, I got the craziest like Q beats, like Nardowick future loops. Like these, sh- like these shits go so hard. Like it's going to smack. Like they're going to, they don't know what They don't have anything to do with that. Like know your audience, do your research. Like, yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much that simple. For sure. For sure. And do you think networking is a numbers game or do you think that you should really try and like get very craft every DM for everyone that you message, make it very like purposeful and and authentic? No, I I think it's not a numbers game. And I'll tell you why, because you can DM a hundred people. And even if you get like four people or five people that respond or whatever number of people that respond, it's still like, who are you even DM? Do you even know who you're DMing or you're just looking at whoever is a plaque pinned on their... (laughs) Like Instagram, go, go do the research. Be like, yo, like we would actually make cool stuff. They're clearly working with people that I look up mm-hmm. to and that I'm inspired by. And then lock in with those people. It's going to feel more rewarding. Um, If you know they're actually doing shit and they're not just a random person you saw with a plaque, you're going to have a better hit rate. Like they're going to land more of the ideas, actually get them the people that you want to work with. And you'll actually have a genuine relationship. So then if you do decide to like go travel for music, you have people, you have a system. And 
you can just run it from there. I definitely agree with you, though. I think um, networking, in my opinion, from my view, it should never be about numbers. It should be always about trying to make something that like ends up being like, I feel like, yeah, you could DM 100 people, you get like five to 10 people DM you back, maybe you send a pack out, maybe you send loose, whatever it is. But if you actually build with one person versus those five people, mm-hmm. um, that connection, if you're actually homies with them, if you're actually friends with them, and you put time into that relationship, it could actually be way more like fruitful, and it could For actually sure. lead to way more. Um, is there anything that you see people in the producer scene or just the music scene in general that they're getting wrong? Um, that they're fucking up or they have a misconception that's messing with their like future career or potential. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of people are doing things too unpersonably. They're just trying to, like you were saying, just like throw everything at the wall spontaneously and just wait for someone to stick. And they're not taking enough time to develop their sound. And you have to have like, you have to be the best for the first pack of loops you ever sent out. But like, actually put the time in before like don't just send out your first 10 loops and then just push those for like a month because chances are they're not the best and they can be better so focus on your craft first once you're at a place where you feel comfortable about it then start sending it out in a respectful personal way you don't have to get too deep with it but just be authentic that's pretty much it and one last thing is do not chase trends this is like the number one thing i feel like so many people do because I'm thinking of like 10 different trends from the last two years that blew up for like Yeet, for example, like his shit went up. Everybody started chasing that sound. Sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, once that trend's over, it's like, bro, you just spent a year working on this and now you can never do anything with it again. Like, yeah. and you also just don't, you're not developing a sound. Like when you dive into a trend like that, you're replaceable with every other person that's doing that trend versus when you have your own sound, you can really expand on that and then like build like the stepping stones for a full career. So, yeah, for sure. Do you, so what would you say to someone that's trying to build their own sound? Do you have any advice for that? I feel like it's like definitely like a long game. Like it's not like a, you do it in two days, but for someone that really wants to build their own sound right now, uh, what would you think is like the first step or how can they start doing that? First step I'd say is think about what genres you listen to and then think about, do I listen to a bunch of genres? Do I listen to one genre? If you listen to one genre, offer up the easiest thing you can do. Go dive into some different genres, expand your sound palette or whatever. And from there, just pick out what you like about each genre. So like, for me personally, I like a bunch of different stuff. I like the chords from soul and R&B music a lot. I like the textures of electronic music and like the weird synths and like bendy sounds. But I also like like Beach House and like dream pop kind of stuff. Just kind of that feel of like nostalgia. So lately I've been trying to just blend all those and take different inspirations from each of those. So I'd say do, no, the, yeah. do something with your own taste. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think definitely like, I think it's really important to see what you've been listening to. And to the point of, uh, to your point of not following trends, look at what you've been listening to for a longer period of time. So it's like me, I've been listening to like 
maybe different like subgenres of rap, but just like rap in general, right? Mm-hmm. And then like you kind of have to like look at like okay, what are like the commonalities here? But not so much like what have I been listening to the past two weeks? Because that's I feel like how you end up like getting stuck in a trend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's definitely a good point. And it's like if it's something that you enjoy listening to, it's gonna be something that you're gonna be like that you're gonna want to stick to in the long term, right? Because sure. it's like because you're not gonna like the Yeet sound forever, right? But like you're mm-hmm. gonna like the general maybe electronic yeah. sound more but you know and um, even if it's like super niche and you're like oh no one's ever going to use this then <laughs> and you're like par- too paranoid to actually make stuff because you're like oh it won't go anywhere yeah. then just take like piece of that inspiration and then smack it with uh whatever you think is like landing for you like you don't have to go oh, yeah. like exclude like if you like country music i wouldn't like and everybody <laughs> hits you for like trap shit i wouldn't just be like or I'm gonna fucking make like two thousand country loops and just do the country thing, like just be like, all right, maybe is it the guitars? Is it like the tone, like the stuff like that? Like you don't have to go too intense with it, but just take that as deeply as you want, I guess, and go with it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like when you're able to take that, like when you're able to take something from something like completely like out of left field or whatever, and then mix it with what's like like other stuff like maybe like trap or whatever that's like been around for a minute that's how you create a whole new genre not to say that you're gonna start the next genre tomorrow it's gonna take a lot longer than that but yeah, uh, it's like old town road like yeah. it wasn't just a country song it was just take one take the other and stick them together exactly. diamond record biggest record of all time it's like yeah don't ever think it like that it's, yeah. yeah and i think a big reason why that song even went well uh, this might be this might be a take. I don't know if this is like a con- like this is exactly the truth or whatever, exactly accurate. Yeah. But I feel like the f- uh, people love familiarity. So when they hear like a country sound and like a trap sound, there's so much familiarity there um, that it's like, it just mixes yeah. so well. You know, it's like comforting but new and like exciting at the same exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. That I mean, that's how you make new shit. That's how you. That's how you get creative. You know, that's the, the sure. bare bones of it um but yeah i kind of wanted to also ask uh i don't know if you have an answer to this i keep saying that for these but what's the biggest misconception that you had before you were in studio sessions before you were in the industry um that you kind of realized wasn't true i don't know if this is a direct answer but kind of um something that i realized is whenever i first moved to la and like was in the studio i thought i'd like dress a certain way i think you have to like act too cool you think you have to what else like i don't know you think you have to like pop your shit like all the time be like that dude in every room and like yeah kind of, like, absorb the la like music personality i guess yeah just that we see in like movies and whatever or like the most successful people are just themselves and the best version of themselves and it's just being confident in that yeah. is like the cool part you don't have to try to like dive into like some personality and do too much with it now what's like i kind of also wanted to ask what's another what's one piece of advice that you were given um on your journey before or even like recently or whenever even way before you did music that kind of changed the way you did business music your like how you conducted yourself or any aspect of your life so there was a super goaded um, vocal producer, producer, songwriter, all that, who had said something like, if you know what you're doing is right, just do it. 
and don't be an idiot about it. Don't block out everyone, what everyone else has to say about it or advice people try to give you. But if you hear that and you're like, nah, because it's still going to work and you really believe it and you believe in yourself, then do it. Believe in yourself before you believe in what other people think about you. That translates in a bunch of different areas that help. Damn, that's that's deep as hell. Uh, has there been any moments where that's you've like kind of used that advice and it's worked out for you? Yeah, I mean, not not every day. I'm not on like some Kanye <laughs> shit. But yeah, there's been moments where people have been like, "Bro, like, you sure about doing music? Like, you could do that on the side. Like, it's not going anywhere." And I was like, "You know what? Like, I feel weird. This is when I was in school, and I was doing computer science. I knew I didn't really like it like that." And I was kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to try music. I had kind of a plan. Uh, I know myself enough to know that I can make it work. So that was probably the biggest moment where I did that, for sure. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, and that, yeah, I really like that piece of advice. I think it's really, it's a tough one because it's really hard to go against people, especially when yeah. it's like a lot of people telling you that stuff. But when you know, when you know, you know, follow your feeling and that'll guide you where you're meant to be exactly exactly i mean but like as like humans we're really wired to well i don't even know if that, i don't want to go that deep but like you know we're, we're all it's like hard to go against the grain right but i think it's yeah, sure. when you do take that leap it can really pay off and you won't really know until you do take that leap you know yeah i did like one year of college mm. and then when it was time to like get my next classes set up i was like i sent them an email i was like no like i'm all set I don't remember exactly what I said. It was probably a little crazier than that because I was just excited about music. I was like, <laughs> someone had sent me like, oh, like you, you, your class registration is expired. And I was like, that's cool. Like I probably won't ever text you again or won't ever email you again or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So um, that's kind of well, cool though. It was funny. Yeah. Is that what I said again? It was a little ignorant to looking back, but I haven't <laughs> I have any other back, so I don't know. Do you have any advice for anyone else that's trying to take that leap? A little worried, a little scared that like I don't know if this is right for me. Um or like I don't know if like school is right for me, but I want to do like something else. Maybe it's music, maybe it's something else creative. Uh do you have any advice for them? I would say don't do it spontaneously. I probably thought about it for like a good year before actually doing it. Um off of that also. I had already kind of made some like cool industry connections at the time mm -hmm. and it was kind of like I had already had a proof of concept in my head that things yeah. were working. So I would say do that first. Obviously be like you have to be brutally honest with yourself. Like if you're really not that spot yet and you're still like new to music, you may not know if you want to do it forever. Like just be honest with yourself. But if you're like, no, nah, like, I want to do this forever. Like this is the only thing. I think about like I go so hard at this. Um, I'm doing it the right way. I'm starting to work my way up. This is like genuinely holding me back. I would say that's a good time to like consider it and really think about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So this actually kind of segues uh into another question I had planned. Um I I'll just quickly intro that real quick. I know on your Twitter you're always talking about like you always have like these like habits that you like every year. I think last year you did one, this year you did one. I always look at it because I think it's like really cool and I, I almost like try to emulate it for myself. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I feel like you're the type of person that likes to plan stuff and just like have a plan, like write stuff down. Do you think that planning has been really important to your success now? Um, and do you think, and if so, do you think like it's something that other people should consider? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, like this is my job. This is my like only income stream. So I really have to treat it like a job and kind of be hard on myself at times. And for me personally, I overthink things like, super crazy so I have to just sit down and like in my notes app right now it's like do interview and then like 10 other things to do in chronological order so when I'm done with this I'm not gonna like wander around and be like well I could make this be I could make this loop like hmm, like I could go to the store I may need to get groceries and it kind of just takes up random time like yeah. so I, I definitely have to write it out like do this this and this and then on top of that like just have daily goals for myself like make two three beats make two sample ideas um just stuff like that because if i do that every day like and really follow it for like a year then you have like this whole catalog of stuff and you like for me personally i can get lost in doing whatever that's like a week goes by i'll have like one sample idea i'm like damn i really can't do anything with this like i have nothing to you like distribute if you yeah. look at it from that point of view but yeah yeah for sure uh do you think that um when you're so you're planning out like for example one beat a day two however many beats a day do you think that ever gets tough because of course like making beats and like making music is a creative thing and i feel like one thing that people do struggle with is that um when like for example when they do make music their career or anything creative their career uh, it goes from being something fun to a little bit of like a job. Have you dealt with that, especially with like when you try to plan like your beats out, like how many, like three beats a day, whatever it is, or have you come up with a system to try and like combat that or like a way to kind of, or like a system where you kind of like take a day off, for example, do you have anything in place? Yeah. Or? So I take Sundays off. I usually just go into the woods and like hike and get away from everybody. So I can just think for a little bit yeah. and I would say I said I actually set like the two two beat two sample whatever minimum because I was just making too much and I wasn't focusing on other areas of producing that are equally if not more important. Yeah. So that's almost like a cap for me, but it is I'd say if you can't if you don't have time and you're in school or whatever and you're on a limited schedule maybe in, and you're like newer maybe you don't make things as as <clears throat> as quick mm -hmm. and I would say just be like I'm gonna work on music for this hour or this two hour period and don't set like a set number on it but when you're doing it just do music and mm -hmm. be disciplined about taking advantage of that time for yourself that's crazy that's your cap though that like for a longer period of time too like damn you're really grinding down <laughs> Um, do you have any advice for people that want to make that level of music? Were you always making that much music or was it like, uh, or did it take time? And like, as you progressed, you just got better at making more and more and more and not getting like burnt out or anything. Yeah. I mean, when I started, I was doing like one really horrible beat, like every three days <laughs> and just most of the time was just spent trying to learn FL. Yeah. And now it's, I just have all of the little things like that. So ingrained in my head that I can just I'll have to think about like oh like how do I get these on the mixer track like which how should I EQ this like I already like that's all that's like pretty um 
pretty like natural at this point. Yeah. But I would say practice as much as you can. For me, when I started, it was like every day. When I really started getting better, practice every day, but also practice specifically what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. So I knew like I could never come up with good melodies. So I would sit and just make like 10 midis. Like I wouldn't even, cause I was like, I can find, I know it sounds cool. Like I know what sound I'd want to pick. I know like I could like layer it with this and it'd sound probably pretty cool. But I was always stuck on like the actual like music itself. So mm-hmm. I just sit down, make 10 to like 20 midis every day with like a stock piano sound just to get better at actually like coming up with music stuff. And I'd also say that there's so much good information on YouTube. You don't have to like learn theory like that. I don't think. I learned theory until probably three or four years after producing. I still don't really know much. Mm-hmm. I just kind of watch YouTube videos here and there. But yeah, just look up, like watch other people do stuff. See like what you like about it and just take stuff as you want. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. A uh, quick plug. Uh, I'll plug it for you. Split Mind Channel has amazing tutorials. Uh, they really drop all the sauce, all the game. Uh, you need to make hits. Of course, you also have to do a little bit of experimentation and like you have to teach yourself a little bit here and there. But for some guidance, especially, I mean, not even especially if you're new, wherever you're at, uh, I've watched a ton of Split Mind videos. Um, CD has some on there. Some other people from Split Mind, Simbo. Uh, Jack Ake, Stephen Schaefer, a bunch of people. Uh, definitely go check that out if you are looking for inspiration or just learning, trying to learn something new. Um, but uh, it's a great channel. Of course, yeah. So I'll watch watch a tutorial after. <laughs> and even like other stuff. I mean, you guys are even like diving into. I think a huge wave that's happening right now, uh, from like what I've been observing, is that um, producers are like it's okay. So this is how I see it, right? Let me know what you think. Because this is like what I've been thinking about for a while. So I feel like at the beginning, right, it was no producers were making like they were making no like tutorials, whatever. It was like you had to figure out on your own. There was no there was like very limited game. Then but there was like Busy Works Beats, but that was still pretty limited. Shout out to yeah. Busy Works Beats. Not to say his tutorials yeah. aren't bad, but like it was. Yeah, it was just him. Um, then there was like a little bit of a wave where it was like. Uh, who was the first ones it was before kbz but that was like a good example of one of the people that made it big yeah. but like you saw like the really early youtube people like even like my i think one was, was one of the kind of early ones um and those that kind of wave of people they started going up and people started seeing that after a while I'm like mm-hmm. damn this is low-key a method so then now everyone's on youtube making tutorials uh but now what people are trying to do is go into the mainstream so it's like you know, you see uh, Simon Servita, he's making very, um, like, still like tutorials, but also like, I don't know how to, I don't know how else to put it, but it seems like kind of like side men ish kind of videos where it's like challenges. Um, yeah, you know, just just making people... appeal to like a broader, exactly. broader audience. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like that's like, and like, like Simon Servita, this other dude, Ed Talenti, I think his name is, like those kind of weight, those kind of producers that have like really high production and like really nice videos they're trying to surf those markets and i feel like that's what you guys are also seeing and that's what you're trying to do and i feel like that i mean i don't know if you if your specific goal is to serve a broader market but it's definitely like higher production videos like really enjoyable like beyond the tutorials and i really i really think uh there's huge potential and i think you guys are just like super entertaining you know um for sure 
Yeah, and like I feel like nowadays we have like TikTok reels and all these avenues that will just blast whatever you make. Like to you never know, like shit'll go up, get like a million views. You're getting hit up by artists that you've always been trying to work with. And if you think it's corny, at the end of the day, everyone's been posting Dropbox snippets for forever, and it's just a more entertaining way of presenting ideas that you're passionate about and getting them to people you want to work with. So I would think about that. Oh yeah, for sure. That's real. That's that's some real sauce. Right? That's some real game. Um, for sure. I think yeah, definitely. People have always thought making content is corny, but the people that really jump on it, especially early, uh, they're the ones that are ultimately really success successful. Um. But yeah, I guess uh, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is what is uh, the biggest thing that's happened in your career and how did it happen? I would say there's been a lot of cool moments. I feel like I haven't had my big, big moment where it's kind of like all eyes on me. Like, mm. oh my God, like he's going crazy right now. Like nothing like that. But I'd say a big moment for me personally, um, this over the summer, I went to Dubai with Trey Songs. Troy Taylor, uh, a bunch of cool people. And it was super interesting to just have the chance to talk and work with these people who've been doing this for so much longer than I have, have all this wisdom and insight and hear how they think about it and hear how they think about where music's currently at because I'm newer to this. So I don't really have a perspective of is this good or bad yet in like the grand scheme the way they do. So it's good to talk to talk to some of the uh, the pros and the vets and kind of see their perspective sometimes For but sure. that was super cool. great experience shout josh shout <laughs> everyone at the camp yeah no i when i saw that dude that was like the craziest thing i've ever seen like a producer in our kind of like yeah. wave do which is like it was great it was Bro, crazy. i didn't know i didn't know i was going until like a day before really <laughs> I had a different back to a back to my parents house the <laughs> day like scheduled for that day and then my manager uh josh he hits me he's like just sent me like a itinerary i was just like okay bet. <laughs> we're doing it like hell yeah so, dude, it's super, that's, super that's awesome yeah when i saw that dude that was yeah as i said like that's like the craziest thing i've seen a producer do um that's like of like your kind of like wave of producers um yeah honestly definitely like, the coolest thing coolest thing i've done and then uh the very last thing i want to ask is what is so i know you've already dropped a lot of game throughout this but if there's one piece of advice one thing that you can end off with uh in this interview um for people that want to get to your level uh and just like yeah you know like see, see mm -hmm. similar success what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young producer uh right now so I have a couple pieces of advice, but they all kind of tie in. Uh -uh. So I would say be consistent, uh, know what you like, be intentional, and surround yourself with good people. Emphasis on that third one and the first one because good people will hold you accountable and keep you consistent in like a mutual, like everyone's going to go up. And then once you're up there with all these people, they have a bigger network and it's like this it's like this beast, like it's like this whole community of it just like the homies just going crazy and it's beautiful thing and it helps. And yeah, those three things, especially if you just do those three things, give it a couple of years and you're, you're, you're going to be all right for sure. For sure. Yeah. Especially on the consistency part. That's, 
that's one mm-hmm. thing that I, that I think creatives can find really tough, but that's, you know, that's what it takes. And especially having the right people around you, because that will ensure not even that they're going to hold you accountable, but also like, uh, they'll boost Keeps you up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cause like on mm-hmm. the other, on the flip side, like the wrong people could keep you down and like keep you unmotivated call your mm-hmm. stuff trash and just like make you feel like shit you know mm-hmm. um but yeah i really appreciate you for jumping on with us uh dropping some game for all of the producers and creatives that are watching the creative cargo show um before we jump off definitely shout out a uh, cd just dropped a vocal kit called the fracture nostalgia kit it is uh mm-hmm. i've tested out a little bit i've listened to some of the sounds it's honestly really good and all of the vocals all the vocal kits that CD drops have been crazy. Um, so if you're a producer or you just want some vocals to listen to and you're not a producer, whatever whatever you do, definitely check it out. Yeah, so there's basic no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of vocals. Uh, I threw in like I think twelve or fourteen samples. Really cool. Spent a lot of time on them. Been working on this for like on, like honestly the last like six, seven months, I think. Just kind of adding here and there. But it's my favorite kit. I love it. Uh, you, you'll probably like it. So just go check that out on Drumify. Drumify.com. Go check it out. And honestly, every other kid on, over there, that's the whole Split Mind crew. But yeah, uh, thank you so much, CD. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, do you have like socials to plug as well that you want to drop? CD.mp3 on Instagram. That's the main one. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. This has been fun. Glad I got to drop some gems, hopefully here and there. I hope that you are listening and taking notes. And that is it for the episode with CD.MP3. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, If you did, definitely let me know what you guys liked about this episode. If there's a certain part that was really insightful or a certain part that you really liked, definitely let me know. I'm always trying to improve this. So if there's anything you guys like about it or don't like about it, I really just want to build and create better stuff for you guys. So I appreciate every single feedback and suggestion that you can offer. Once again, if you don't follow us on Instagram, check us out at CreativeCRGO and subscribe on YouTube if you don't already. But yeah, that's it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope to see you in the next one.